your comfort zone is is your worst enemy because in your mind you're telling yourself right now i want to go after my dreams i want to go after my goals i want to achieve a lot of stuff in this life but that invisible wall that comfort zone puts a lot of resistance on you that resistance could be i don't have enough money to move to la i don't know anyone out there i'm gonna be alone friends saying it's really hard to make it there parents saying i'm not gonna support you that's resistance but the crazy thing is that's absolutely normal it's okay we all go through resistance the hardest things in life and the things that mean the most to us give us the most resistance whether it is moving to LA whether it is becoming an actor whether it is getting into stand-up comedy becoming a singer a dancer whether it is breaking up in a relationship the things that mean the most to us give us the most resistance and on the other side of that resistance is a whole new strong person i moved to los angeles 23 months ago and i left the comfort zone of new york city my family my friends and i left that with savings and suitcases full of dreams i knew what my dreams were i left my comfort zone and stepped on the other side of resistance the day that i booked that one-way flight to la and this has been such a journey so far it's been a crazy roller coaster ride of ups and downs loneliness tears Months where you have made that much money. Rejections. But the most constant thing and the thing that always comes back on the other side of resistance and leaving your comfort zone is that you have no regrets. You have no regrets. You don't have a night where you wake up and you're like, I wish I didn't move to LA. Like That never happens. You feel proud of yourself, actually. You see so much self-growth. I've seen so much growth in my career in the last 23 months. I've seen so much growth as an individual. I've seen myself reach new places. And even this podcast right here is, is such a big thing for me because, because even though I'm outgoing and smiley and friendly, it's... It's a little bit scary sometimes putting yourself out there and me giving my feelings, my experiences and every single thing that I know since I moved here back to people who are just getting into the acting industry, who want to move to LA, who even if it's not acting, it could be dancing, singing, whatever it is, or it's just people want to go after their dreams that my voice and my knowledge 
could be shared upon you so that it makes going after your dreams a little bit more comfortable. So if you're right now thinking of moving to Los Angeles, getting into acting, becoming a DJ, becoming a singer, a dancer, opening that business, just know that when your book is done and that chapter, did I move to LA? Did I become an actor? Did I open that business? Is written. And it says, it could either say two things. That he went for it. He did it. He tried. He failed. He grew. Or it could say, he did nothing. And he just lived with regret. That book will be closed and someone will read that book one day and that will be your legacy. A person who either didn't go for it, lived in regrets, always wondered what would be, or your book would read, he went after it, he grew, he failed, he tried, he reached his goals. On his way to his goals, he landed amongst the stars. That will be your legacy. And someone could pick that book up and say, if he went after it, I could go after it too. Go after your goals. Go after your dreams. Keep dreaming hard. You're on this journey with me right now. And, and I'm super excited. Let's do this. <laughs> All right, we live. Okay, so today I sat with Sarah Crowley and she's a professional print and commercial model. Sarah and I met on a set actually um, for a commercial in Las Vegas and she was playing my girlfriend or wife or boo or a date, whatever it was. We had a, we had a good time. And while on that set, Sarah gave me a lot of insights and I, I found out how smart she was and how knowledgeable of the industry she is. And because of Sarah, I actually signed up and I, I got an agent for modeling only, for print and modeling work. And I've been working at least one job every month since that time. So thank you, Sarah. And um, Sarah also has a great story because she came from Utah to Los Angeles. Not a lot of money, no job in sight, nothing secure. And she had those nights where you bounce from couch to couch, slept in the car. And she's going to tell you that story, what got her through it. And she's going to show you how much of a CEO boss lady she is with her career. And how she runs her business as most models and actors should look at themselves. So, jumping right into Sarah Crowley. Take it away. I'm actually originally from LA. I'm from Tarzana. Okay. And then when I was really young, uh, my mother is Japanese, so her and I moved to Japan. And my mother remarried, so my stepdad is from Utah, so we were back and forth all my life. Japan, a few years, Utah, a few years, Japan, a few years, Utah, a few years. And then, you know, I went to college in Utah, I, you know, graduated. And I just, I always had kind of this need and this want. For being in the creative arts you know I always wanted to be a model you know I remember growing up watching you know people like Cindy Crawford and just how beautiful they were and like what they exuded you know right. with their career and I always just wanted to be a part of that and 
Um, and then, you know, I went into sales and marketing for a long time, did the whole corporate thing. And it was just, you know, life was just good. It was okay. It was content, you know, yeah. but I'm like, but I just want something more. And I feel that there's something more. Right. So I quit my job. I left um, through the resources that I had. I moved to San Francisco for a season, uh, had an agency there. And then when I came back, there was um, an agent who had models in her youth and she was starting an agency in Utah. So I got introduced to that and it just kind of all started from there and it's only been five years this was just five years ago oh wow yeah so, so there was modeling in Utah yeah it's a small market but it's there <laughs> modeling beer or <laughs> <laughs> no. No, yeah it's no, no liquor what no liquor commercials oh yeah right is that legal I don't know it's, the, I don't, yeah I it's a very blue state yeah yeah so you got into modeling in Utah that's where your career started yeah, I started there, and of course, you know, the market's very small there. So right. my agent, me and two other girls, we came here to L.A., and I'm kind of the only one that stayed. Like, the other two girls just kind of left after a very short amount of time. I just don't think it was, you know, for them or... Yeah, wait, you left Utah with two other girls to mm -hmm. L.A.? Yeah. Why L.A., and what made you guys want to leave? Um, because it was, it was our agent's. You know, my agent was like, hey, you know, LA is a bigger market. I'm going to set you up with, because she was our mother agent. So she set us up with meeting agencies here. And... What's a mother agent? I, I don't even know. Okay, so that's a great question. So a mother agent is kind of like the headquarters of your agency, basically. Your mother yeah. agent works as like a manager. So they will be, they kind of take, you know, control as far as you getting agencies in other places. Right. And then, which is great for them because when you start getting jobs outside of the state and you're booking with the other agency that they signed you with, then they get like a small percentage. Okay, so like perpetually forever, they get a percentage of It's you? like residual. They get residual off of what you, what bookings you get with other agencies that they helped sign you with. Okay, cool. So, yeah. so their mother agents in like every town, even Utah. Totally. Because that's how I would say a lot of their income comes from is, you know, you have a mother agency that comes from a small town. Obviously, there's no market there for modeling or acting or whatever it is you want to do. So they will send talent to bigger states like New York, L.A., Chicago, Miami, where you are going to book a lot of work. And then based on whatever contract the mother agency will have with your agency in those bigger cities, they'll get a percentage. Okay, nice. So yeah. you guys packed up, moved to LA. Yeah. Um, what did your parents think? Oh my about? gosh. You know, I think, I think at that point my parents just know me. I've always been that child that just kind of did whatever she wanted to do, right. <laughs> regardless of what was being told. Um, and um, I mean, I think they're like, if it makes you happy, then do it kind of you know yeah, attitude yeah, yeah. but I mean it was very hard LA is very different from a small city or smaller state compared to you know um, like Utah is much smaller of a market than LA <laughs> yeah. I mean I lived out of my car you know and so you lived out of your car when you first got here yeah I, I couch surfed here and there uh -huh. 
And there are plenty of nights when I spent it in my car in Hollywood. Wow. For sure, you know. Wow. And I think, I think, yes, it's hard because it's uncomfortable. But I think what makes it hard is when you don't have money. And then you see yourself getting into debt because you still have to pay your bills, like your cell phone bill or whatever bills you may have. Like I still had student loans. Um, and then you add on like loneliness on top of that. Right. So I think being feeling lonely was the hardest part. And then it becomes harder or it seems harder because then you're like, I don't have money to pay bills and you're living out of your car and you're just, you're alone. So what, what keeps that fight inside of you going? Because... I know every artist, every person that doesn't have a fixed, mm -hmm. you know, fixed plan that says if you do A, you'll get to B. If you do right. B, you'll get to C. What drives you from A to B, B to C? What keeps you there every week? It, like you're in your car, you're bouncing around. How does that work? You know, it's just the knowing that within you, this is what I'm meant to be doing. That's definitely my drive because life is going to happen regardless of what you do or what you don't do. You know, life hardships are going to happen whether you have that stable eight to five job or not. Um, and I think it really helped starting later in my years. You know, I started in my late 20s modeling, which is unheard of. I mean, most people start at, you know, early, late teens. Right. You know, um, I started much later than what the norm was. Uh, and I, there's no way that I could have done it uh, if it wasn't for having like sales and marketing background because a lot of things that talent doesn't know about the entertainment industry is we are 100% commission. Yeah. It, which means if you're not going to castings, you're not going to auditions, if you're not marketing yourself, if you don't have really any form of sales background, right. your, your entire power is dependent on your agent's getting you things um and so you know that's something that i think people don't realize is like our industry is you're 100 it's a 100 commission based job and so if you're going to be in this industry you really have to have like something deep within you that's like i know this is what i'm meant to be doing and i am i'm like whatever it takes yeah it's it's called i call it my reason why you right know? and for me, I would have three reasons why I'm doing something. Because if it's something surface, like most people come to Los Angeles thinking, mm -hmm. I want to be a star. Right. And that's that's cool, but it doesn't take you from the car night to night. You right. know, sleeping in that car night to night. That would take you to, I save some money. Mm -hmm. I have a sublet apartment in Hollywood, East Hollywood, wherever. Yeah. And after that lease is done, that's it. If I didn't reach there, that's it. Right. So you probably had an inner why that carried you over and over. And right. yeah, it's your dream. Um, but for me, my why that kept me here, you know, through the loneliness was that I am putting on for my family. Mm -hmm. You know, and I know people are counting on me to give my best. So when it gets down, I would still go to that place and be like, no, Darius, come on, let's do this. Let's mm -hmm. do this. Let's another day. We, we're in this fight again, you know? Right. So, um, I mean, I didn't even know that about you. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I'm, this is a pleasant, <laughs> shocking surprise, but very pleasant as well. Yeah. Um, so you bounce around from car to car. Where does this first job come? What happens? What's your mindset? 
You know, it was very interesting because I remember I was so, like, it was really hard, you know, and the two girls that had originally come to LA with me had already gone back home. And, you know, I remember I, I'm like, well, I need money, you know, I need to pay my bills, I'm already so behind. And I walked into this ramen restaurant that's on Hollywood and La Brea. I walked in and I talked to the owner and, you know, my intention was to see if they needed someone, like extra help. And I sat down with the owner and it was like instant. He gave me like a really simple serving job. So I started working there. And with the little money that I started making, because I really relied on tips, um, the little money that I had, rather than like pay my bills, I started spending it on like paying for LA casting and casting Frontier. I love, I love that so much. Because <laughs> oh. I, just, I just knew that, that if I just trusted the process and I just, because it's a numbers game and I already had that mentality from doing 10 years of sales and marketing, it's a numbers game. You know, sales is a numbers game. And so the more times that I could submit myself, you know, and it's only what LA casting is like $10 a month for the basic subscription, but I would pay that over paying my student bill or paying my cell phone bill. And, and, um, and I just knew that like it was going to happen. It was going to happen. It was going to happen on yourself. I really did. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. And it's, it's, you sacrifice everything and you bet on yourself. Mm -hmm. You bet on that extra late call, that extra late fee, that charge that one day that you would make it on your own and that betting on yourself is yeah. is, is to me right now, you're just making me smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, at one point, you know, I remember my mother agent had called me because, you know, all she was seeing was like that I was, you know, here out alone and I was behind on bills and I didn't have any money and you know she had offered to give me like to send me gas money to come back to Utah and I was really quite offended that she'd even made that offer because you know I directly said look if I can't like I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing and what am like even if I even if I go back to Utah then what because if it's a matter of me getting a job to pay my bills again, I can get any job that I hate here in L.A. Right. If I'm not willing to feel a little bit of uncomfortableness, because pain is temporary, if I can't allow myself to go through a little bit of feeling uncomfortable, knowing that it's temporary, then I deserve to be here. Then I shouldn't be pursuing what I want to pursue. Right. If I can't. If, I, if this is like, oh, I don't want to be in pain, and I, what can I do to get out of pain immediately rather than just n trusting the not knowing of what's going to happen, but knowing yourself, and I'm like, then I don't deserve to be here. Right. And I declined. She didn't give me, you know, I declined that. I declined going back to Utah because I was like, I lived most of my entire life doing everything I hated. Right. So imagine what it would look like doing everything I love. If I can support myself doing everything I hate. Imagine what that would look like doing everything I love. I love, yeah. You know, so that was like, I, you know, I told her that and I was like, I'm staying. Right. Was that a phone call? Was that? A it was a phone call, call, yeah. It was a phone call. You remember? She's like, she's like, do you want me to give you some gas money to get back, to get home? And I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. You already bet on yourself. Yeah. So, so you spent your, you took a bet, you LA casting, mm -hmm. whatever castings that's out there at that time and 
while you're submitting, you're like, you just, you're just hoping or how did their first job, how did the first couple hundred dollars come in? Oh my gosh. Well, at this time I also had braces on. Yes. And which was which made me feel <laughs> even more insecure on top of living out of my car and on top of couch surfing, you know, because I couldn't smile. And L.A. is a very commercial market where okay. you go in and you have to be able to smile. Yes. And so I'm like, I can't smile, you know. And um, so I, I remember I had submitted for this very, you know, it was like low paying, just low budget, um, but great production uh, music video. Okay. And, you know, it paid like. $250, like nothing, but it was something to me. Yeah. And I went into the casting and I was like, I'm just going to go for it. I don't care. What, you do, know? You have, what, do, what do you have to do? They, they had, there was like me and two other girls and it's a it's these, it's these sisters and they're very big. They're kind of like urban kind of artists. Uh, they're very big in Europe and, um, and, uh, they were just looking for like native kind of authentic type of look yeah. and they wanted us to like pretend that we were on the back of like a convertible or a car and just like be yelling and having fun and I just regardless of whether I had my braces on at the time I'm like I don't care <laughs> I'm just gonna go for it I don't care and I just like yelled and I had fun and then and then the next day the um they were like we need that girl with the braces totally what? I booked it you because of my look yeah, yeah yeah I mean and the artists are the ones who chose me they're oh, like wow. we want her we love her look. We want her. And so the next day, the casting director called me, and he's like, hey, like, they want to book you. The artist loved you. And I think we shot, like, a big, uh, where, where did we shoot? Big Sur, somewhere. Before, before we go to the shoot, I want to know how you felt getting that call. Because I remember getting my first somebody wants you call. Yeah. And that's like, <sighs> Yeah. It was like. Like, it was such a great feeling because, and I, I can't remember if I cried or something, you know, because it had been so much resistance, 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 and so much pain, and then I get my first, you know, booking, and I was, like, in awe. Yeah. I was like, wow, you know. Um, and then after that, it just started happening, so... And I'm still really good friends with the ca that casting director. Yeah. I still go in for him all the time. Uh, but yeah, he, he had a... I don't even think he understands how much, like, you know. So after you, after you booked that, did you get, like, more agents here in L.A.? How does that work? Like, how, did, how does getting an agent... How does Sarah go around getting an agent? Sarah <laughs> right? You know, I I knew that I knew what I wanted to do. You know, when people I you know I'll have people reach out to me and say, "Hey, I want to get into modeling. What do you recommend?" Or, you know, "Hey, my niece," or "Hey, my nephew," you know. And I think I think it's good to know exactly what it is you want to do because modeling just to model is very broad. There's different types and genres of modeling, like there's hair modeling, you know, uh, there's e-commerce, there's lifestyle, there's fitness, there's body parts, like where you do hand modeling, you know, uh, you can do commercials, I mean, you can do promo modeling, you can do, you know, there's so, like voiceover, like there's, modeling is very broad. So every time someone asks me, oh, I wanna model, I'm like, okay, what kind of modeling do you want to do? 
Right, you have to be more specific. You have to be much more specific because then you can break it down and then you have a better idea of being able to understand what agency is going to be good for what it is you're looking for and it's going to be a better fit. You know, like if you want to do runway, you know, you can't just walk into any agency because they may not serve you. They may not have runway clients for you. So it's not going to be a good match. To me, getting an agency isn't just about getting an agency, just to get an agency, which I feel like a lot of people do. Everyone just does it to put in their Instagram bio. Right. Like, (laughs) oh, I have an agency now. My life is fixed. I have a career. No, it's more than that, you know. So for me, it was very important. My way of kind of setting my career up was find a niche, you know, find what it is you want to do and then specialize in that because there's always going to be more money in specialized fields. And then you're just honing in on your focus, you know, so... Um, what was your speciality? What was your niche? What what did you identify was unique to you that you wanted to focus on? You know, I kind of... I've always known that I kind of wanted to do everything. Right. That I didn't want to just limit myself to just one genre of modeling. Um, I always knew that it was going to be a growing thing. And so I just started doing my research. You know, I would study, like, models, um, what agents they were with, and maybe why, you know, and be like, okay, that model is clearly more runway. Right. You know? Um, I've always been... I mean, I think at the time when I started, even five, six years ago, the height requirement was very... You know, like you had to be a certain height. Now we have all this influencer type of market, so the height doesn't matter as much, at least in LA. You go to New York, yes, you still have to have certain height requirements, but it's much lower than they used to be. Um, You know, I just started looking up online. Like if I saw a campaign, I'm like, okay, that's a hair campaign. How do I get into hair modeling? So I would do my research on hair agencies. Um, okay, I want to do, I want to work for Adidas, I want to work for Nike, I want to work for, you know, sports and fitness brands. Um, is there an agency that just does fitness, you know? And I did my research on that. And then I would start to find that there are agencies that do specialize with certain genres. Right. And I just kind of started going from there. See, that's what's so cool about LA because you have the different types of agencies that could fit these different genres and right. everything you see on TV that's mm-hmm. all shot in LA it's all casted in LA yeah. 90% of it it's all in LA because mm-hmm. talent pool is here the agencies are here yeah it's nice weather you could shoot here right so that's that's something that's really cool that you said that because a lot of times I'll come across actors or yeah many actors and they, they would say you know I never want to be typecast or anything like that or just to be limited to one which is which is understandable because in the end game you don't ever you want to be able to portray whoever you want to portray sure but coming up i feel it's so necessary to know who you are first Mm -hmm. know what is in what the market is right now yeah what agencies are looking for what if it's either sports is it either japanese it's Mm -hmm. short hair long hair hand models yeah. You know, there's just so much that you could choose from if you if you're more specific. Yeah. You could then hone in on an agency, develop a relationship, mm-hmm. something like that, you know. Yeah. And that's kind of exactly what I did, you know. I got my I found a hair agency. 
um, and five years later I'm still doing hair. And it's great because then it doesn't conflict with like let's say my fitness agency or my print agency or my theatrical agency. So you could have different agencies. Yeah, because now there is there is something to where a lot of agencies are now going non-exclusive, okay. uh, which is nice because then, you know, as long as everyone is on the same page, you are able to have multiple agencies rather than just one. To me, the idea that one agency is going to be the best at every division is not possible. Right. You know, every agency is going to be better at one division than another. You know, so to me, it was like, okay, how can I balance this and find like my hair agency is never going to conflict with my commercial agency, right? you know, or like my fitness agency is never going to conflict with my hair agency because they don't do the same thing. You know, like the great thing with agents that specialize in a specific market is they're going to be the best at what they do because that's all they do, which means you're never going to miss out on opportunities of working with that client that you probably want to work with because it's in that market. You're super smart. <laughs> no, that's, it's, it's, it's so true because my podcast is called 1000 Failures. Mm. And I feel like a lot of people are going to fail a lot, like just over and over because you haven't done research and doing the research makes your job a lot easier. Right. You know, it makes it more specific than then I am going into Wilhelmina and just saying, I want to be a model. Right. What type of model do I want to be? Right. You know, I could be sports. They have different divisions. They have, they have Wilhelmina fit, right? I think right. something like that fit. Yeah. I'm Which a, they're known for. Right. They yeah. have, they have plus size modeling now. Mm-hmm. So they have, they have so much different divisions, but if you look and you limit yourself and say, Oh, I'm too big. I can never be a model. Or I'm too short. I can never be a model. Right. I think, that limits you and that gives you a setback because that those could be years that you could be working on your career yeah and as you have done a lot of research onto each different type of industry mm-hmm. in the modeling industry that you want to you've opened the market up for so much stuff and when we met i was just in awe about how many stuff that you were doing <laughs> how much agents you have and i was like yeah. wow like you are like what I would like to be, you know, in my career of figuring things out. So for myself, I then, you know, yeah, I went into more research mm-hmm. onto my career and tried to be more specific onto what I want to do. Right. You know, so what what would you tell Sarah who just moved to LA? Yeah. Just got to LA. You're you're bouncing around from couch to couch. If you could give yourself advice, what would it be? Back then? Yes. I mean, nothing. You know, I feel like, because it worked out. You know, whatever it is that I did or didn't do, regardless of how I felt at the time, it worked out. So clearly I was doing something. Right. You know, Uh, and you know, people say this all the time, but it really is, um, it really is. So much of it is believing in yourself, you know, and not giving your power away. You know, I see that a lot happening to a lot of young talent, you know. Uh, luckily for me, again, I worked with marketing and sales background. So when it comes to me having a voice and having vocal vitality to my agents, because, you know, agents don't own you. And that's a big misconception. You know, you see a lot of young talent that just get signed, you know, through like a mother agent back from a small market. 
and they just wait around because now they're codependent on someone else to make them happy, on someone else to get them a job. There's no independency. And in so many contracts, if you read modeling contracts, it says, you know, you are an independent contractor. We are here to give you advice and we are here to give you basically um, like consultation. It says that in contracts, we're okay. here to give you consultation. So, you know, it's also learning to kind of like really take yourself like you are your own business. You are a CEO, like get in that mindset and know that it's okay to have a voice. If something's not vibing with you and you have questions, have that vocal vitality to say, hey, you know, I don't like what you're suggesting me to do. How can we do this differently to where we're on the same page? Um, when I first got with my agents, you know, because I do hair and I was booking a lot of hair and I still book a couple hair jobs out of the year, um, my agents hated that my hair color changed because right. they couldn't control it, you know, and I'm a different look, yeah. which put fear that now I may not book. Yeah. But the truth is I had to have the conversation with my agents and say, listen, it's okay. <laughs> if a client really likes me and wants to book me, then please let me know because I'm open to changing my color. It's a one-day process. And truth be told, anytime I do a hair job, it's already a season ahead, which means my hair is going to be the trend. So yeah. it's always in the future. It's already like marketable. So anytime I've ever changed my hair, I, it doesn't limit me from work, which is I think always the fear of agents. Like if you change your look, then it, then it may not book you jobs anymore. That's not true necessarily. It just means that it puts you in a different market. Like when I'm more blonde, it just puts me in a different market, but it doesn't not book me jobs. Right. If I'm more dark, it just puts me in a different market. Yeah. You know, maybe I look more Spanish and more Asian. When I'm more blonde, I look more ambiguous and Brazilian or European. Right. But it doesn't not stop me from booking work. So I, I got to have that conversation with my agents and, you know, actually going blonde. There was one year where I was just, the, the entire, all, all hair brands were like, we want an Asian. That, look, that can go blonde oh and still look God. natural. And I became that model where I was like, blonde, 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 blonde. <laughs> and I had my agents calling me freaking out. And I was like, it's okay. Like, it's okay. And sure enough, because they just wanted me to be brown, like dark, you know. Brown. And I was like, listen, I trust what's happening here. Like, I trust that this hair, it's the trend. Like, my hair's already in the future. Um, and then sure enough, that same year, Being Blonde is what booked me my first national campaign with Carrie Underwood for Ooh. All May. It then immediately booked me Target, a big Target campaign because of my blonde. I remember the client ran up to me and they're like, we loved your beauty shot. And it was my blonde headshot that all my agents hated. But I said, you guys may not like it, but I love it and I'm going to keep it. Yeah. You know, and it's, so I think, you know, you get to be comfortable in your own skin enough to know if this is an industry that you want to do, make sure that you understand that this is a 100% commission job and you have to have a voice. And if you're not ready to, at some point have, you know, be grounded enough to state your own opinions and state how you're feeling and just being open and honest and having, learning how to communicate because your agents, I mean, everyone wants to be successful. Your agents don't make money when you don't make money. It's an equal partnership. Right. Um, 
but I definitely look at it as that, you know, I don't necessarily put people on like a pedestal as if they're like, oh, you know, they're so-and-so. It's like, how can I work with you? This is an equal partnership moment. Can I communicate with you? Am I creating a space for you to feel safe enough for me that you can reach out to me? And are you creating a, a safe enough space that I can feel comfortable reaching out to you? If that's not happening, then maybe, you know, maybe you can look for other agents or other managers or other people that it is going to be a better partnership because it's a business partnership. Yeah, I feel like most most people coming up in the industry and they're green, yeah. they, they, they feel that that first sign-in, that first agency is the right partnership. Because they have nothing else to go off of. Exactly. Right. So for people hearing your voice right now, now they know that there's it, so much more. There's so much more out there. <laughs> yeah. And it's not when no one's hating on any of our agents. It's just facts that people may not always align with each other. Yeah. And there's always somebody out there for you. And you have the confidence to state how you feel and book to your national job. Yeah. Just from believing in myself and not immediately going into that fear mode and be like, oh, you know, okay, you know. It was just like, hey, I've got this. And you know what? It's not a big deal. If you want me, if there's a client that really wants me to change my hair color, then please let them know that I'm willing to do that. It's not a big deal. It literally takes one day to get that done, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's almost reminding each other, you know, rather than like, am I trying to be right or am I trying to be happy? Yeah. Um, so it's just finding the balance, you know, that works for both of you. And, and in terms of the, the stuff that people want to hear as well, yeah, could you make a living off of print and commercial jobs? Could could somebody just make a living off of modeling, doing commercials, and that kind of work? Is it possible? I do it, so I would say yeah. Wow. Yeah, and you know, right now, you know, there's so much of. There's so many opportunities, there's so many platforms, there's so much going on within the industry. You know, we have social media now, that wasn't a thing before. Uh, You're never out of options for success. I think if you have a desire and you have a goal and you have passion, then you can make anything happen. Why limit yourself? Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, before you go, um, it is called 1,000 Failures and it's because I've become comfortable feeling and with failure and going to castings and going to auditions and realizing that every single time I go, I learn something new. Mm-hmm. So I want to know what was in your life and in your career so far the biggest learning experience, the biggest failure? Failure? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I don't even, you know, I see everything, whether it's success or failure, everything to me is a moment of opportunity. You know, and the definition of how we define failure is different for everyone. You know, what is failure? You know, is it failure of, oh, I didn't make this much this year, therefore I failed. To me, that's like, but you made this much this year. How did you fail? You know, though, to me, all of that is perspective on how you choose to attach to it and how you choose to see it. To me, if something doesn't go the way that I anticipated or I expected, then it's okay. It's just a moment of opportunity. I choose to look at it as opportunity moments. That's it. You live in the opportunity. Always an opportunity. 
Yeah, always, because then, then you grow, you know? Because I think people get stuck in trying to be perfect all the time, and it is great to ask yourself here and there. I do it myself, where I'm like, okay, am I trying to be right, or am I trying to be happy? Because when I am happy and I feel happy, that's when things happen and there's that flow. And yeah, it's not explained, it just happens rather than trying to control things all the time. You know, and it's, I think, just loving yourself, you know, not being hard on yourself when things don't go the way you wanted them to go. It's staying flexible, it's staying open. And I think, you know, a lot of the reasons why things happen is because I think kindness also goes a long way. You know, it's just, it's being kind to, you know, your peers, it's being kind to strangers, it's being kind, you know, kindness takes you very, very far in life. Never making assumptions or judgments on others, it's just, oh, you know, how can I learn from you? Yeah. Yes, you may. That's that's how we, that's how we yes. click, because yeah. I learned from you. <laughs> so, fun fact, yeah. while on our shoot in Las Vegas, and this is to wrap, while on our shoot in Las Vegas, um... Uh, we were in conversation and this this lady was like, well, I go out for so many castings a week and, and if I don't book this amount, then this doesn't make sense. And she's like working out castings by numbers and like math. And I'm like, wow. I was like, I'm just happy to even get casting. She's like actually making it a math. Right. And it's her business. It's a, She's a CEO. Like I heard her speak. She was CEO of her company. Mm. And I asked her like, what agents you work with and, and she was like oh I work with this agency in Orange County should go check them out give them their number so I reached out to the agency and I've worked at least once or twice a month on printing commercial jobs ever since that's awesome so thank you for your thank advice you. your contact spreading love and I hope that especially young ladies coming up in the modeling industry um, could take some kind of advice from you Mm. And follow your Instagram, Sarah Crowley sixty five. What is it? S At S Crowley thirty five. At S Crowley thirty five. I just added thirty. <laughs> you did, wow. or just my name, Sarah Crowley. Oh, it's just Sarah. I'll Crowley. pop up somewhere. Yeah, she'll pop up. It's gonna be on the YouTube page. So thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you and so much. Appreciate you and your drive. Thank you. Yay! Yay. <laughs> nice. Boom. Yeah. Wow. What a story. Well done, Sarah Crowley. You are a true example of strength, determination, and just heart. You left your comfort zone in Utah and you moved to LA. You followed your dreams. Now, anyone listening to this who is on the same path as you and looking to, to go after something that's big, they could always draw reference to this. If you could do it, they could do it as well too. And if you would like to see this conversation on YouTube, it's 1,000 failures. You can see this interview and um, the, com <laughs> the commercial that Sarah and I did together in Las Vegas. It's pretty funny. But she's my boo. So yeah, you could check that out on YouTube, 1,000 Failures. And um, while you listen to this podcast, just screenshot it, post it on your Insta story, and, and tag me. I'll repost it and probably leave a funny comment or emoji right, <laughs> right behind. So thank you. Well done again, Sarah Crowley. <laughs>